You're listening to Link Rod, a discussion about the intersection of life and technology. Link Rod, episode six. My name's Tim Kleptor. My name's Adam Webster. My name's Ben Atkinson. Alrighty, today I thought we would talk about drones. So the, the theme I've got is, can someone please explain drones to me? Drones seem to be the big thing at the moment. They line the shelves in every electronic store around the country. They range in price from $50 to $5,000 and can be purpose-built for applications from photography through to racing. But with a battery life of about 20 minutes, usage is pretty short. They're delicate. They can't contend with weather. Uh, They can't carry much and they're really noisy. So why the hell are they touted as the next big thing? Who wants to start? I'll start this one off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just say up front that I didn't care about drones like ever um, before we saw the GoPro Karma reveal and also the DJI Mavic reveal. Um, I've seen drones in use before. Um, I have did a bit of filming for uh, precision agriculture techniques where they've flown drones over farmland and um, shown some examples on mapping. Um, but other than that, yeah, as I said, I, I don't care about drones. But um, last month, GoPro revealed their Karma drone. It was compact. It come with a backpack. And uh, it also come with a... I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> the name escapes me now, the, the pole <laughs> you stick the camera on. Selfie yeah. stick? Yeah, it's like a selfie stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the technical term for it. So there's a drone-enabled selfie stick. Well, you take that off the drone and you can use that as well as using the drone. So it's just another item that you can use in your camera kit. Um, Yeah, so it seems like drones are now targeting um, a larger consumer base by um, GoPro releasing them. They're becoming more compact. Um, I don't know about prices coming down. It's $1,600 roughly for for both. If you factor in, you've got to buy a GoPro uh, camera to go with a GoPro drone, whereas the DJI Mavic comes with... Uh, the camera built in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen them in action. Uh, the famous YouTube video blogger Casey Neistat, he's reviewed both of them. Um, and uh, that was a, a great sell because he's sent them up above New York City and uh, shown you what you can do with them, the footage that you get from them. So based on that, so what, what can you do with a drone? Is it We're talking limited to photography really and then there's, I don't know, the equivalent of a remote control car. You can move with a camera on it, though. But well, I suppose there's there's a camera camera application so that you can fly around and film stuff. That's one thing. But then there's monopod. That's the word I was looking for before. But carry on. <laughs> selfie stick. <laughs> really expensive. Fancy <laughs> name for selfie stick. Yeah. But you know, apart from the photography bit, which what else are they for? Because there's not there's all the ones that don't have cameras that are literally like little buzzing flies around and so I I don't know I'm trying to kind of understand where this obsession with drones comes from where does a drone switch where does it go from being just a gyrocopter or whatever you want to call it to being a drone what makes it a drone is it is it that it's it has multiple rotors maybe I don't know well, I thought the whole point of it being a drone... Because a, dr- a drone is can be an aeroplane if, yeah. if it's remotely controlled mm. and using a camera and stuff. So I imagine that being a drone, it has to have a camera on it, which means that then its purpose is to have camera. Can't, a drone's not without it, is what I, what I think. But I don't know. You can, or maybe a drone is a robotic unmanned aircraft in general. 
Maybe. And the camera mightn't play into that at all. But I think it was... was I haven't got a dictionary with me. And <laughs> <laughs> I think what we're talking about, though, is, is that, you know, the pizza shops have spruiked. I think Amazon were on it, weren't they? Delivering yeah, stuff Amazon, via, yeah. Um, via drone. That was, I don't know, last year I thought, oh, that's completely crazy. <laughs> yeah. You have, like, a sky full of these drones, like, trying to compete with, like, aircraft and... It just sounded dangerous to me. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, there's that um, use of drones. Um, there is a legal thing, though, isn't there, about how high you can go? There's yeah. a new CASA uh, set of rules come out on 29th of September. Yes. Yeah, what was yeah. the height, do we know? So, we're, I mean, we're, so we're, we're Australian, Australians have, what is it, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, and they have their rules about remotely piloted aircraft. Okay, which, which controls anything that's... But yeah, so they're but what they're kind of actually done now is that they've delimited that. So you don't need a license for a certain weight class of drones, um, Less unless than two it's kilos, unless it? it's up to a certain height and within certain spaces. Okay. But yeah, but at the same time, I mean, none of the none of the real kind of policy that's going on in Australia actually addresses probably one of the key points around here, which is privacy. So didn't something happen in the US with a guy who was doing and someone I think he shot it. He shot someone who was flying a drone over his house. He got in heaps of trouble for it. Yeah, I think in I think in America you own land. You don't own the sky above your land, so therefore it's not your property. So Is it different in Australia? Well, this is the thing. I mean, there's probably I, I don't want to comment. I'm not a lawyer. I don't even read the rules, but I'm assuming that probably it's going to be different everywhere a, you go. Yeah, I thought there was a realistic height because there was something I did in business law that talked about someone going over. Like, well, it might be, and it might be that's the CASA thing. Like I think it's yeah, like 400 meters or something like that. That's then it becomes aviation yeah. space. Yeah, that's So you can fair fly enough. up to that, but no further. Unless you're starting to get like an actual, you know, clearance. That's pretty high. Yeah. For your everyday, remotely accessed, you know, whatever. But what, what is an everyday one though? Well, yeah. and would you? I suppose you're right. to there me, is no this is this is my this is my kind of problem with it. I, I think it's purely like a remote control car. And I don't know if everyone else has the same experience of being a kid, but when you're a kid, you get obsessed. Oh, you, you, you're obsessed by remote control cars. These were like the coolest things ever. And you get one and you play with it until the batteries run out. And then it's all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, you got to wait a whole day before you can play with it again because yeah. the batteries had to go and recharge. So it was pretty quick decline from being the most awesome thing in the world to something that lived in the cupboard. Yeah, they didn't. And I'm kind of wondering if drones have that same inevitability that we spend a heap of money on them but eventually because I mean like I, I was looking up you know a variety of drones and most of them have a, like a flight time of 20 minutes yeah I think Richard said or a guy we work with his was like what five minutes or something wasn't it yeah that was a little $30 one yeah it was cheap eh? yeah so the GoPro one's 20 minutes and the DJI one's 27 minutes yeah so yeah. 20 minutes of fun but is that intentional well, yeah, flights. Is, is that a uh, flights we don't expensive want them to get... in terms of fuel? I guess, like well, you know, do we not want them to go too far? We don't want them to be perving on too many people's things and all that sort of stuff. Is that is that sort of okay? We're gonna as as a manufacturer, we're gonna limit how much people can do with it because it surely surely they could make a battery that would last more than twenty minutes. Well, a then you gotta then you gotta set off against weight though. Yeah, so that's the... 
flight with every kind of kilo or gram that you look add. how small your mobile phone is look at look how light the, the, the yeah, you the imagine trying is. to lift that off the ground though yeah, the in a small light though and, you and you've got a gyro thing in my jibs yeah I, I think i think basically it's a weight to power ratio that you've really got to be oh, concerned about yeah, well. and maybe that's the problem with drones at this point in time that we don't actually have efficient batteries i think what you said though before will be what will happen in reality is that you, you look at the remote control cars, right? And there's still probably the the big kids who go and spend tons of money on the really expensive ones mm. and take petrol and, and they still use them. Whereas the kids like us who got them as presents, they've since either returned to the cupboard or discarded altogether. So I imagine that the people who get the, who get the cheaper ones will, it will be after playing with it for a little bit, straight back to the cupboard. Well, why don't we compare like to like the helicopters and remote control airplanes to drones but well, not, no one had them as kids yeah, because they were, they were more expensive, more expensive. Yeah. well they're actually not that expensive if you yeah. compare a jet hopper to a, a um a, a remote control car i shouldn't say jet hopper because that's a brand um, a remote control car to a, a cheap like a cheap airplane you can get them you can get a cheap airplane for 100 bucks whereas when we bought our jet hoppers they were about the same i think but that leads to another thing too. Uh, remote control aircraft were always harder to fly. Like mastering a helicopter was um, sort of a, a professional thing. For oh yeah, and I suppose maybe that's what the drones have in addition is that there's actually like avionics that do a lot of the heavy lifting. Like you don't actually have to work out the power of the motors. You just go up, down, yeah. across. It, it controls all the rudders and does all those kind of functions in a kind of... Yeah, PlayStation flight simulator kind of way. It's yeah. not real flying. And I think it, DJI are trying to target the consumer more by having the, where are we, uh, collision avoidance. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I think for the, the, the newbie mm. drone user, there's a tick in the box there for that one. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So my, I, I don't have a lot of experience, but one of the, one of the things I do know about drones comes from um, Ken Lane, who's a, a guy I met in the States, but he did this, embarked on this project over the US summer, so um, probably May through till August or so, um, and they kind of developed this website called Drone Recovery, and it was kind of him and a family member who was going through like a drug rehabilitation kind of thing. So they just went off and hiked and utilised the drone as kind of like a, an additional motivation to not just hiking but capturing what they saw and those kinds of things. And so I, I've kind of learnt about drones via that angle. Yeah. And it's been quite quite interesting because I had no idea about a lot of this stuff. So one of the things Ken is, he's, he's, you know, he's, he runs the site API Evangelist, and so he's kind of interested in about that technology aspect of drones. And DJI is one of those companies that actually has an interesting, they actually have APIs for the drone. The drone actually captures a whole bunch of data about your every flight that it does. So it, it geolocates where you are. Um, it'll take videos and photos. It records the elevation, the weather conditions, all kinds of stuff about every single flight that you do. Um, it also has, an, as part of the app, that it, it won't fly in certain locations. So in America, um, there, whoever controls airspace over there, they've actually said you can't fly in certain spots where there's a military base or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So they've literally geofenced around those locations. And so you can't, can't literally fly your DJI drone there. 
it'll so when you launch the iPad controller app, it yeah. works out where are you? Okay, well you're in a no-fly zone, so I'm not even going to start the engines. That's interesting. So, it's so kinda, you can't do Area 51 surveillance then? No. I think that's kind of like an interesting thing. I think part of maybe one kind of use case for drones is that surveillance component. But then there's this interesting bit of who gets to decide what you can, you're allowed to surveil. Can, I suppose who can put up those, um, the geo fences, I suppose? Well, I think at the moment it's those kind of the, the aviation authorities that control They're the only ones that control that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure that DJI is a Chinese company. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that's a pain. Well, it's, yeah, we, well, we could look. Whoa. It's <laughs> <laughs> got messy. Quick. This is kind of interesting, though. Like, I mean, basically, there's a company that's outside of kind of nationalist control that mm. could potentially shut down the drone fleet as, per se because it has an API and everything runs through an app. Yeah. Um, that's kind of an interesting thing. And also where that data is going. The data for everyone in China and Australia and in Europe that's using a DJI drone, they're sending that data back to China. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Can, and can you control that data? Can you turn it off? Do we know? I don't know. We need to maybe... I just thought it would... Things. Yeah, and look, my, this is the problem. I, I, I'm kind of relaying secondhand information, but, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting kind of dilemma that we face. Because we come into that whole... I mean, the privacy stuff is obviously a big question when it comes to these sorts of things, these um, drones, because who's looking over what? And then the data's now going back to a, a, you know, a third-party country... Yeah, you're not just worried about the obvious of um, a camera in the air over you. You're worried about the data. <laughs> being well, and that, that's also the, the yeah the next kind of step. And, and given the way technology culture works and and the business of technology is the startup, venture capitalist funded, that's the dominant way of a of a business starting up. I'm yeah. sure that there are VC funded drone companies, and the exit strategy for those companies is to get bought out by one of the big technology companies. Yeah. And what, are the, what, what is the asset that you would be buying from that transaction? What's data. It's data, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you DGO, maybe DGO is not the right, right one, but one of the other companies, I don't even know what they are, but... <laughs> yeah. But, that, you know, Facebook could potentially buy them. And now Facebook has your drone data and everything that you captured there. They've already got facial recognition software... It all becomes this kind of crazy, I don't know, surveillance state. But and that's what maybe that's what Facebook's ultimate business model is: we'll spy on the world for you, and the governments can pay us a fee. It is. It is quite interesting that it's. It's. it's well, that's the unknown, I suppose. People don't realise it's happening, and it is. Mm. If it is happening, if that's if if that is literally what's happening, is the data is getting sent back to a third party. It's. It's. It's now. We, we get so mental about people stealing your, um, you know, your data off your computer and now we go, this is the next extreme. It's like um, real-life data. Not real-life data, but, you know, data of, I don't know, what you're doing in your house. They could literally get that sort of stuff. Yeah, so I, I kind of... I, when, you, when you lay that on top, are these actually toys or are they, like, I don't know, something more sinister? It... it kind of starts to blur the line when you think about well what what are these things actually doing like they start off as oh they're like remote control cars in the sky and then you go to go oh hang on now we're bringing in a surveillance layer 
And then we, we've touched on the, the, the uh, privacy component. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit because in Australia, we don't have good privacy protection laws. So my understanding of the, the laws, and I'm quite happy if anyone wants to dispute my kind of understanding of them, is that you know, if you're out in a public space, it's fair game. Yep. And to a certain extent, what happens in your backyard is, is open to the public eye. So this kind of goes back, because I'm bringing up the a life hacker that will, our article that we'll, we'll stick in the, um, the show notes. But apparently there's a, there was a high court rule in, I think it was like the 19th, 1936 court case. Um, and this guy had built a viewing platform on land next to Victoria Pass, uh, Park racetrack so he could watch, call the races over the radio. So the race course sued him for breach of privacy, but the High Court of Australia rejected the claim, not wanting to set a precedent by which neighbours could sue one another for simply peering over a fence. The Chief Justice Latham's reasoning was simple. Any person is entitled to look over the plaintiff's fence and to see what goes on in the plaintiff's land. If the plaintiff desires to prevent this, the plaintiff can erect a higher fence. Yeah. yeah that so, makes sense. well, I'm sure that's 1936. They didn't have drones then, which can fly above, you know, any kind of... You wouldn't be able to build a wall that tall to keep a drone out. So basically, by those those extensions, everyone's backyard and even peering into someone's house is not a breach of privacy. When does it become stalking, though? Well, not stalking, but, you know, it's binoculars through someone's window. Well, a lot of that stuff doesn't... Is that not real laws? Uh, I don't know about peeping Tom kind of thing. Because it's yeah. no different, is it? You, you shouldn't do that, Ben. We <laughs> <laughs> did yes. it once. Uh, so yeah, well, we are not like legal protection for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, I see that as being the same thing, though, between that with binoculars out the front of the house and... Being the next neighbour and peering over. But well, it depends. Maybe it depends on what, you, what your actual see. The, what what is your vantage point? If you're on the street, which is public space, and you're looking in, then technically you're not breaching. Like the the onus is on you to put curtains in your house. Yeah. Okay. To stop people. If you're on the street and flying a drone over people's backyards over people's houses, looking in their windows. Technically, you are, you're not on their land. You're not trespassing because no. you're not physically on the land. But does your property then become the trespasser? Is that possible? I suppose okay. you can throw your shoes in something. Well, you ball, I suppose kick a ball in someone's backyard. <laughs> it's not suddenly trespassing, is it? It might come down to some surveillance law, though, that you've got a, a camera that's filming other people without their permission. Um, but that's that, 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 that. At the same time, that's not a protection. And I remember going to a um, like a a session in uh, in Canberra, which was talking about wearable technologies. And this is when uh, Google Glass was going to be the next big thing. <laughs> um, yeah, <that's laughs> and that was basically that. strapping a, a video camera to your fit, to your head and recording the world around you as you went past. And there was a, quite a bit of discussion about that, and there there actually isn't a lot of legal protection for that. So, if you're in a public spaces, then technically, yeah, you can record everyone that you see, and you can send that to Google, and they could do facial recognition and all kinds of stuff without ever breaching any privacy law. Um, yeah, okay. It's it's really blurry. I mean, it's 
I suppose this is the, the thing, is that maybe there's just a, a gap in the law and maybe we need to have It's some... pretty tough to fill that, though, because it's... Because it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, I just find it really hard that they ever try and fill that because you've got, you know, you can look over someone's fence. What's a drone doing differently? It's seeing the same thing you see, really. Like, it might be a higher level, but if you're on top of them or you're looking over your fence, it's similar. What about, I don't know, this is kind of going to the, the castle defence of, you know, this, a man's <laughs> kingdom is his home kind of thing. I suppose it, you then <laughs> yeah. go back to, yeah, we're not just looking, though, we're recording. And then that, then that becomes, that's where your premises, or you, I, I imagine your premise will eventually come from, is that they're recording, not that they're just there. Because just being there, I don't think, is a problem. It's not like you're driving a remote control car into someone's driveway. Yeah. yeah. But you're, well, actually you're not trespassing on their land, yeah. but technically you're using Airspace. the space above <laughs> their land. Uh, but it'll come down to the video bit, to the surveillance. There'll be, you're, as you said before, there'll be some sort of surveillance law, if there's not already, there will be, that says you can't do this, this, and this, aren't Pardon me, unless you give them permission, yada, yada, yada. So I suppose the other thing is, like, so that's in private space, but what about in public space? Because like, I, my, I had a catch-up with my brother the other week and he was kind of complaining about um, when they were away on holidays, they went down to the beach and, in a national park, beautiful, pristine, no one else there, and then this kind of whole family descended on there and you know, started spooling up their drones and filming themselves doing stuff. People are the worst, Tim. <laughs> well, but, you know, like, what are, what are the responsibilities? I mean, because the thing is, like, they're, they're loud. Um, well, that's in Cass's new regulations. About how yeah. loud they can be. Well, no, you can't fly it over a beach or a, a public place or a sporting event. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like a, where there's a crowd of people, basically. Yeah, but what... Okay, so that's a CASA. You're not going to get taken to CASA. What's, what's the distance, though? Is that... <laughs> Is that in horizontal value or is in height value? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh well, I can fly forty meters away from people, but that's I'm up. that's up. Yeah, I'm yeah, high enough. Yeah. Even so, like the cops aren't going to come. Well, Casa will get you for doing that. Well, that's it. Like I mean, Casa aren't like highway patrol. They no. don't. They are not there. They're only there when something goes wrong. What's someone going to throw throw a rock at it and knock it out of the sky or? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I've seen those pictures of. I think it's like the Dutch. Police have trained eagles to take down drones. <laughs> That's awesome. Really? <laughs> I'm really out of depth now with this conversation. Please YouTube. find a YouTube clip and put that in the show notes. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and can we have that eagle sound play? <laughs> oh, that's the best. Um, but I suppose there's like some other kind of thing. So uh, there was an article up online that Uber were toting... Um, Uber were kind of heckling drivers. I'm a big fan of Uber, by the way. (laughs) You are a big fan of Uber. Uh, They were were heckling drivers stuck in traffic in, I think it was Mexico. Um, Basically, they they had drones flying around a traffic jam uh, holding signs saying, you know, you should have used Uber. Um, Because they can fly now, Ubers. (laughs) They don't get traffic. Um, The other one that was in the news recently was uh, Google um, had teamed up with Chipotle, which is like a Mexican... Uh, chain in, yeah. in, in the States and were offering to deliver burritos. The caveat for that was you had to go to the delivery area, um, which so it wasn't to your house. You actually had to drive to a special spot where the drone could land. Was it cold by the time we got there? Well, <laughs> I don't know, with all the wind. I, I, that was always my worry with the drone delivery of pizzas. 
On a more important note, I have a free burrito. I'm totally going to get that now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Just reminded me. <laughs> um, so it has no functional usage. What, the, Any of that, the burrito? Or the, no, the burrito's <laughs> got lots of functional usage. But those, just using them as delivery things. As we, we, we talked about the battery, right? If the battery's going to be a big issue on weight, what's a, del- what's, a, what's a book or a burrito or a pizza or a, you know, what going to weigh? We're going to make our pizzas lighter. Here's less dough. Well, they'll use the bigger drones for the larger things like your books and... And then, and then it's louder. Yeah. There's too many drawbacks. I think it's stupid. It's you may as well just get a helicopter to do oh, all this exactly. stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and you would have to have... like I suppose the thing is like maybe in Hong Kong where you've actually got a small area size... Massive it's population anyway. density. Well, you, you could basically, if every tall building had a landing pad, you could technically probably deliver things yeah. quick, more quickly to more people via the air. But in, have Chinese restaurants, like the US, <laughs> the US or Australia, that's really not going to work. We're okay. too spread out. We're too sparsely populated. Especially like you know anything off away from even the coast. The coast is still spread. You go to Melbourne and. Well, suburbia. No one lives in like the... If you've got a 20-minute flight time... Yeah, it's... To get from, I don't know, the drop-off point or the pick-up point to a house in suburbia, that's going to be more than 20 minutes. I think the only We'll have a whole bunch of drones dying on their way back. That's yeah. my worry. The, the drone delivers it somewhere wrong or it dies on the way and you've lost all your... I don't know, you're still getting books or... Well, you just you it comes it past you and you grab it and steal the food. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how high. I just, I just think it's unrealistic. I think it's clickbait. It's the only reason why they want to do it. They put it on a news site, pretend yeah. it's advertising, and we look at it. We then think about the company. Oh, I now want a burrito because it, it worked. I now want a burrito. Um, and yeah. that's the only reason why they're talking about it. Yeah, that's the only reason why they're talking about it. It's got nothing to do with mm. it ever being functional in my opinion. So That's not, I don't think that doesn't mean I don't think it's cool because I, I do think it's cool. Yeah. But I don't think it's a functional thing for businesses to go forward thinking, oh, drones are going to be the next thing. It may be a good thing for gathering data and things like that. Um, like we looked at that, that, that filming you did, which yeah. I also came came yeah, with. Yeah, you filmed one year too. Yeah, yeah, did yeah. The, the crop stuff, which was cool. It was yeah. really cool, and it's really really functional for those sorts of people. But it's just not for other businesses. I don't think it's functional. So they're basically hype. Yeah, yeah, massively. <laughs> so, uh, Is that too blunt? <laughs> well, okay, look, I think I could buy in a little bit to the camera idea of drones and being able to film in a new way. But I suppose the thing is, you know, to do the real good stuff, you actually have to have, like, a serious machine. And that's not the hobbyist machine. That's the couple of grand machine to get really good quality not just with the with the drone itself, but the, the camera, to be able to go at a decent speed to get that kind of stuff. All the other stuff seems to be completely kind of geared to, like, the selfie culture. And Because every time I'm trying to think, well, what could you use this for? It's like, well, it's like taking photos of yourself doing a thing. So whether that's going on a skateboard... D- going down, yeah. Know. It's all like extreme sports stuff. Like, and it's cool oh, check being snow sporting. But, but how much of that do we need? <laughs> well, that's why I've got to go. I, I, you see, we get bought, we get reeled in on these things because you see what these other people are doing with their GoPros, and it's well, really cool. Action cams. Like, did we ever need them before? But now it seems like they've they've created a product that we don't really need. But it's 
how well, many action cams are there. And I kind of think, my, my thing, I suppose, with bringing the selfie thing was just that idea of, like, social theory about performative culture where social media makes us perform and makes us live unrealistic lives. You see so, that with Instagram, though. Well, that, but that's, I suppose times. that's it. So it's the drones kind of feed that monster of check it me out my life is extreme I need an action yeah. cam to, to, to collate it and it's Capture like what I do well but what's that like five minutes of your actual life yeah. the rest of it's working behind like a counter somewhere I don't know like serving sandwiches <laughs> Chipotle well, but we, <laughs> yeah, I suppose it, it kind of you know it brings together that performative culture thing and that's kind of maybe that's why drones are so hyped at the moment and why they're on because the thing is like they're on the shelves so obviously people are buying these things. You, you, it's like one of those things, you, you produce it and they'll come. Like People buy anything, let's be honest. They buy a stick so you can take a photo of yourself. <laughs> let's be honest. Well, I can't, it's I a monopod, Ben. <laughs> That's an I do want to get on the nostalgia thing, but I think um, for me, uh, um, I, I saw a tweet, uh, a drone is just a wireless kite. Ah, yes. I think it, that's that's the most apt description I've seen of that's them. Brilliant. But I also wanted to bring in one kind of nostalgic thing, which was Pogs. When you started talking about useless crap, I didn't well, know I what they were for when they come out. I was thinking yo yo's when we were talking about that. <laughs> but Pogs is like, you know, yeah. discs of plastic with things really do anything. on them. You just collected them. And you threw like a big hard disc at the. Was that what you did with them? Yeah. I don't even know. It was, I think that was like after. The slammer or something, wasn't it? I don't know. I, I always really thought that was that. kind of after. Pogs literally were just the disc thing, and then people had to work out what can we do with them? Didn't they come and in? So they chips? invented games. Yeah for it rather than actually it served a purpose and maybe that's confused. what that's drones they you have to actually invent a reason to have a drone yeah. they're not actually worth it they don't really do anything on their own so drones pogs of the sky <laughs> yes I still want one though <laughs>